party people. Welcome once again to the Party of One podcast, the actual play RPG podcast where the gaming table is always set for two. I'm your host as always, Jeff Stormer. This week on the show, I am joined by Tim Devine for a playthrough of his new game, North Sea Epilogues. Inspired by the North Sea board game series, North Sea Epilogues is a game of Viking warriors trying to survive in a harsh, unknown land where danger lurks around every corner. North Sea Epilogues is currently on Kickstarter. You can find a link to that in the show notes. Click that, back it. Uh, it's a great game, and I can't wait for you to hear our playthrough of it. For that reason, and because I have a cold and I'm losing my voice a little bit, let's throw it over to me in the past so that he can get started with the show. Take it past me. Thanks, future me. This week, I am sitting down with Tim Devine. Tim, thank you so much for coming on Party of One. Oh, thank you for having me. I'm super excited to be here. I'm really, really excited. Um, so real quick, at the top of the show, why don't you let the audience at home know about anything you're working on, any projects you might want them to know about? Uh, yeah, so my wife and I, uh, we um, we started Dice Up Games to start getting our games out there, and uh, uh, her name's Kristen. And uh, we are working on uh, our sort of our first big uh, game to be uh, pub- or published through Kickstarter um, with Garfield Games. And uh, yeah, so it's based on the uh, the North Sea series, uh, Shipwrights of the North Sea, Raiders of the North Sea, and Explorers of the North Sea uh, that were uh, very successful. So Kristen and I, are, uh, are des- we designed a role-playing system, and uh, uh, Garfield Games is going to be using that, that system uh, to make, in, in North Sea epilogues, a role-playing game. So uh, basically, you've, uh, we're, we're taking this series and giving it uh, uh, sort of a book in this epilogues. And sure. it's, uh, you've, the idea is you've sailed the North Sea in shipwrights, you've raided the North Sea in raiders, you've explored the North Sea, and uh, now you can uh, step a uh, journey deeper into the game world and uh you can forge your own epic sagas in the north sea epilogues that's super cool like that's such a cool approach i love i love the idea of taking that from the board game space into like role-playing games like that's such a cool idea and i'm really i'm excited to play it i'm really really hype yeah i'm, so, I'm um, excited too i'm i i've i've, I've been a long time listener of the show and never thought that uh that i'd actually be talking to you on it so i'm very excited <laughs> i'm really hyped I'm, I'm so excited um so we're playing uh, North Sea Epilogues this week, so why don't you give me a brief overview of the world of the North Seas, introduce us to the world that we're going to be playing in this week. Okay, yeah, so, so I mean, North, North sea Epi- or the North Sea Epilogues, again, the whole board game series, is, uh, is it's not historical fiction, of course, it's basically um, taking so much influence from uh, Norse culture mm-hmm. uh, and history, but it's, it's not, there's no, like, set uh, world where you're following a timeline that actually happens. Sure, sure, sure. It's the Viking Age, and you can sort of approach it uh, from kind of any real touchstones that you might have. So some people approach it in a in a in a more um, like kind of fantastical idea of like a you know um, a mythology and and mm-hmm. and uh, maybe a little bit le- a little bit more fantasy, a little bit less uh, realism. But you could also go full realism if you want, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Them, like the Vikings TV series on the History Channel and things like mm-hmm. that. So. Um, it's really kind of open for, to interpretation, but it allows you to sort of, uh, I mean, a lot of the people that play these board games, if you haven't seen the, the artwork on it, um, the Miko is the artist and, uh, he's done the artwork for the whole series, including the book that we're working on. It's just, mm-hmm. he's amazing. And, uh, you can kind of get an idea from these pictures, these illustrations, um, what the world looks like to you. And then now you're able to actually go in and, and make your own stories with it instead of, um, uh, you know, you, you, you play a board game and it's like you, you have this awesome experience and, uh, and you know, it's got the, the rule structure, the, the role playing game is going to let you take that into mm-hmm. the next sort of level of storytelling. 
I'm really excited. This is going to be so much fun. So, um, all right. With all that in mind, I'll introduce my character. I know you've got some questions ready to sort of flesh out the, the, the specific space that we're playing in, and then we'll dive into the adventure itself. Sounds great. I am playing Torvi. She is a tracker. She, you know, hunts things, follows things. Nothing escapes her vision, mostly, I think. You know, there was an incident that has not left her mind. But generally, if you want something found whether it be whether it be human sized small or or massive she's the person who can find it she is uh focused to a fault i would describe it as she's the kind of person that like gets gets an idea in her head or gets a mission or objective or decides i'm going to do x and then just like everything else just falls by the wayside and you're like and you know, it, it kind of, she's like, well, I've got to do this thing. Like, nothing matters to me until the mission, until this thing that I'm doing right now is complete. You know, it makes her an excellent tracker because she can, like, tune out all of these, all of the distractions and all of the, the other things around her. But it also kind of makes her a little bit isolated from people. But uh, as I mentioned, she kind of, something happened. Uh, uh, something happened that we'll talk a little bit about and and kind of flesh out the details of but she failed and now she has to kind of regain her place her honor and that's her in a nutshell at least at the start of her story yeah and and you know honor is a is a very very big thing in norse culture and mm-hmm. and uh, so you know re- needing to regain your honor is a pretty a pretty big motivator <laughs> yeah so uh, that we'll see if we'll see if uh, if torvi can can uh achieve that or, or head mm-hmm. on her way to achieve that um yeah uh so should we jump right into the yeah let's dive in I, I like i said i know you've got some questions to flesh things out and then you've got an adventure planned and so let's dive in yeah, yeah. So, okay, and feel free to take this anywhere you want to go. Doesn't yeah. have it's sort of a uh, just a, a adventure prompt, a, a skeleton. Sure. Um, and uh, the the game itself will have several of these within the the main book. Um, you know, we've we've got some some mm-hmm. uh, prompts by the the publisher, by uh, Kristen and myself. We'll have a campaign setting, mm-hmm. uh, and we also have a couple really cool contributors. We're super excited to be working with people uh, who's. You know, names we've known for a while and of whose mm-hmm. work we followed, and we're so excited to actually have them as part of the team for this. So that's exciting to, to me personally. Um, so in this case, uh, uh, we're, we'll are we say that the um, I'll, I'll go through the, just the setting, like the mm-hmm. kind of a setup for you, and then ask you a couple questions based on that setup, and then yeah. we'll jump right in. Sounds good. Okay, so we'll say that, uh, so this is this is going to be during the winter. And yeah. the winter is like half the year in, in, yeah, this, yeah, yeah. in this setting. And uh, it's it's cold. It's dark at night. Um, and at the moment, you find yourself far from home. And uh, you're far from home uh, because of an incident that occurred. And mm-hmm. you were sent to an outpost to be part of uh, sort of a watch uh, mm-hmm. to uh, the furthest southern outpost in your, in your settlement. The outpost is on a giant rocky uh, uh, cliffside overlooking this strait of water, this large river that flows in. It's one of the main the main inlets into your settlement and mm-hmm. also one of the things that you have to um, to uh, patrol or, or guard. You know, yeah, right. Someone needs to be watching for, for enemy ships. Now, in the dead of winter, not likely 
going to happen, but you always, you know, you, you never know. It's yeah, not expected, right. Things can always, know. things can always happen. That's the one thing that we've kind of learned in our time, in our time here. The one thing we've learned is to never rest on, well, it wouldn't make sense for something to happen right now, would it? Like we've learned far too well that that is rarely the case. Our senses can easily, our, not even our senses, our conceptions can rarely be, te- can rarely be correct in a place like this. Totally yes, and and your your position here uh, is 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 one um, that you you know you, you're dealing with in your own way. Um, but one of the things kind of that's been happening is since you're the newest addition to the watch, uh, not not a not a person who's been assigned you know who is assigned here for for more positive reasons or, or volunteer reasons, um, you haven't been treated. Uh, with the most respect, mm-hmm. uh, there's all you were always expecting some level of hazing or you know warrior you know kind of banter type yeah. stuff, but this has been particularly harsh. Um, and there's been one person sort of leading the charge against you mm-hmm. in this regard. Um, we'll get to to them in a moment. Um, uh, just a few more bits to know about this this setting to get get it, it kind of you a good picture of where you're going to um, be. Uh, playing this out uh, again, the the outpost is on a cliffside overlooking the river, so it's pretty high up mm-hmm. in the in the mountains. And there is a long uh, stretch of woods between you and the topmost part of this this cliff. Um, probably about you know good a good ten minute uh, hike uh, to get up there through the woods. There's a trail uh, a, like a road that's off to the side of the woods that you could get there quicker, but the woods is sort of like you know where you would go. But at the top of this cliffside that or the the sort of peak of this area is a giant pyre of wood and it's stacked uh you know very large blocks it's it's meant to be uh lit in times of danger where you're trying to alert the clan that something is coming and that's the main purpose of the watch mm-hmm. is to light that pyre if something bad happens yeah um and uh, so that's that's kind of where you're at right now a uh, couple questions uh first is uh, uh who do you miss most back home in the settlement i miss my hmm i'm gonna say i miss my partners uh we'll call them liliana and patrana the three of us Mm -hmm. are i miss them they were they were the thing that i know that i can get in my head and about about a target but they were the thing that brought me home and I'm not home without them. And I miss them. And I'm here by like, all I have now is to be on the mission, but I don't even really have a mission, just a watch. So just by myself now. That must've made it even harder having to leave them. Uh, What was the mistake that got you sent to this outpost to serve as part of the watch? And it, and and I, I leave this uh, before you answer though. I'll, I'll I'll give you this. You can reveal this mistake at any point during this adventure if you don't choose to reveal it now. Hmm. I think I was. I'm a tracker, and and I am I am trusted to track things. I am trusted to not let something get away, and there was something that struck our clan something big and dangerous and deadly and i couldn't track it 
I gave it my best. I ran for days through the woods and it just never, I never caught it. I found sign after sign of its presence. I don't even know what it is. It was just too fast and too hard to catch. I caught signs of its trail, but it just seemed to be forever two steps ahead of me and then five steps ahead of me and then gone. I failed at my I failed at my duty, the thing that I was the thing that I was trusted with by my clan. I failed it. And now I'm here. Because I can't track. I couldn't track. When it mattered, I failed. I fell short. So why should I be on the why should I be on the path? Why should I be on the hunt? So this this burden, the you know, the the burden is even heavier uh since reaching the watch because of how you've been well how haven't been accepted mm-hmm. uh so outcast in your mind outcast physically by the other by the other members of the watch um and also mentioning uh just a, a side note mentioning the the beast that you didn't you couldn't uh know um you know uh this setting is is based on some form of of realism in that there you know there's no like magic mm-hmm. there's no but there is uh a lot of superstition in, in this, in, in the North sea. And you will make sense of things your own way. Mm-hmm. Just because you don't have magic doesn't mean you don't believe there is magic and doesn't believe you, doesn't mean you don't believe there are monsters. Yeah. Um, so, so that was, that's perfect that this, this beast, this thing that you didn't, you know, it could have been anything. It could have been uh, sent by the gods. You, you have no idea. Um, and then who, who is a, a childhood friend that you lost touch with, uh, you know, in the last few years? Um, and, and, you know, you're not sure where they ended up, uh, what, you know, you know, they were more of a warrior type, but, um, who, who was this childhood friend? Uh, Carvin. Carvin was, we came up together, you know, we, we, we trained together, we sparred together, we, we hunted together and then they... He uh, he went off and became a warrior, and I went off and became a tracker. And it wasn't a malicious growing apart. It's just different, different paths, different lives, you know. But like, were I to see him again, I'd I'd probably smile. I think I would hope. You know, we 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 were in the we were on good terms when we parted. We just parted in very different directions. The river, the river forked. He he took one fork and I took the other. Excellent, and the uh, the smile that you you definitely would have shared, um, uh, let's say about a week ago, is when you reached the out uh, this outpost. Um, that smile uh, may may have turned a bit to a frown. Um, my last question for you is: How has your former friend been making your life difficult since reaching the outpost? Uh, he's been refusing to. He has been the one that has refused to, like, give me any sort of responsibility. You know, my own self-doubt aside, I'm pretty sure I'm pretty good at this. But everything I try to do, somebody else gets picked. Somebody else gets handed off. And it just, no matter what I, no matter what I do, I can't seem to... And I can't tell if it's malicious because, you know, I'm the newest person here. I don't know. I'm, I've been, you know, there are people who have been here a lot longer. But it's starting to feel that way. You know, it, it's 
if it were once or twice, like it would be one thing, but it's starting to feel a pattern is starting to emerge. Awesome. Okay. And uh, do you have that? So I sent you a, a, just a couple images of, of like kind of an outpost. I do indeed. Awesome. And so it's, it's a, uh, just a, just a pointer. It doesn't have to look exactly like that. It's just, if I'm talking about something it helps sure. us be on the same page visually, but uh, one of the things that, uh, that, that you've, you, you know, you're, you're sort of the one who's been, you know, when there, when there needs to be water, fetched you're you're the one who has thrown the bucket um and uh when everyone is is sharing you know mary mitten stories in the in in you know in the center of the outpost when they're feasting at night uh you find yourself alone on the outskirts a little bit um and uh when it comes time to sleep which is is you know you you don't have sets uh, you're you're sleeping at different times you're at the moment you're going to find yourself up in in one of these towers and so it's like you know two stories up uh, in a, a tower overlooking uh, the rear side of the forest, which happens to be facing uh, north, which is up towards uh, if you if you were to go straight uh, north from where you are now through the woods, that's where the 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 pyre is the the um, mm-hmm. uh, the beacon, and uh, you find yourself up there, wrapped. Uh, you, you've had a hard day. You've you've had to take three trips down to the river, which is it's hours hours of hiking through through harsh wintry terrain. Um, carrying back water, you're tired, um, and uh, you're up in the outpost uh, uh, tower. No one else is there. It's just you, your shield next to you, leaning your round shield, leaning next to you on the uh, on the uh, mm-hmm. on the wall, the wooden wooden wall, and uh, your spear and uh, your axe. And that's all the company you have. And uh, we'll say that you you fell into a deep sleep after mm-hmm. after the long day, but you're about to be woken. So you're awoken by the sounds of battle. The clanging is, is unmistakable. Um, and you also know that if there is, uh, if there is a clanging of, of metal and, and uh, splintering of shields, that means that an enemy is inside the walls already. Mm-hmm. So you're, you're woken with this realization um, and, uh, the realization that an enemy has, has overtaken the outpost and the killing has already begun. Mm-hmm. So why don't we just open it from there? And, uh, yeah. how does Torvi, uh, deal with the situation? Uh, Torvi immediately, she considers lighting the pyre and, and like looks, but thinks if they're already here, like, I get so my question about the pyre mm-hmm. is we're an outpost and presumably there are other clans further like further away that are watching for this pyre or is the pyre for the people inside the fort? Sure, sure, yeah. The um, yeah, if you if you light it, you could say like uh, that whole like Lord of the Rings thing where one yeah. pyre lights and then another might light and then it reaches the settlement and and it's because you're the furthest south, there might not be a direct line of sight with the settlement. Yeah. So I think that she probably lights the pyre to like she probably immediately like hops to her feet, grabs like a torch, lights the pyre. Oh, and so then you, like, you'd have to get sorry the the there's the woods between you and the pyre. Oh, oh, gotcha, yeah. gotcha, gotcha. Sorry. Okay, then um, I'm not gonna make it that easy for you. Yeah, sure, sure. sure. <laughs> uh, I think that if there's already in that case, I could light the pyre, but it would be more you know that I I could get there faster than any. 
any warrior. I mean, I know these woods better than anybody. And if there's already fighting in the gates, then what good is calling for reinforcements? We'll all be dead by the time they get here. If I can't get to the pyre, I'd have to just get back to the outpost and try and fix this myself. Sure. Yeah. The, the, um, the settlement, when, when the pyre is lit and the settlement is notified, you, you feel confident that they'd be able to defend themselves a heck mm-hmm. of a lot better, um, than, than being raided at night and during the winter. Um, so yeah, so, so your, your thought is more towards, uh, you know, if the, if the outpost is overrun, so be it. Your duty as part of the watch is to light the beacon. Yeah, that w- I, I think it might, mm-hmm. I think I, how far am I, am I kind of equidistant from the outpost and the pyre? Uh, you mean the settlement? Yeah. No, the settlement's much farther away. But I'm, 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 I'm sorry, I'm, I'm trying to place myself. Oh, yeah. Am I let's, in let's, the outpost? No, let's take a moment and clarify like yeah. that. The, um, this outpost, the, the, the image that you're looking at, that kind of yeah. thing, is sitting on uh, the, the side of a cliff yeah. overlooking the river that leads to your settlement. So okay. it's, it's pretty far away from your settlement. You could probably see it in the distance during the daytime. Um, you might see like you might be able to see torches if they're lit at night from your settlement, but it's very far away. And the only way that anyone would be able to get word to the settlement that any danger was coming is if one of the outposts lights their beacon. And your outpost oh. um, at the moment is being overrun. And the outpost only stores soldiers, basically, the warriors okay. that are there specifically to um, yeah, protect the borders of your of your uh, okay your settlement. Yeah. Then in that case, yeah, absolutely. In that case, if they, I mean, they're soldiers, they can do their thing. My thing is moving through spaces quickly and tracking and hunting. I'm better. I'm better served lighting that pyre than running in and trying to be a hero. Yeah, totally. Okay. Okay. So at the moment you find yourself, uh, probably a little too high to jump without there being, mm-hmm. uh, physical <laughs> ramifications. <laughs> um, yep. but you have a, a ladder that leads down, uh, to the, to the ramparts. And I think I probably like do that, like slide down, like a firefighter slide down oh, the totally. ladder. <laughs> totally, yeah. Like I'm definitely not like just climbing that ladder. Okay. And are you bringing, uh, you know, all, all three of your, your kind of your gear, your, your yeah, shield, yeah, yeah. spear, I, index? I, I gear up, I put the shield on my back. You know, I strap the, I, I strap the axe to, to my belt. I put the shield on my back and I just like grab the railings of the ladder and just slide down. Awesome. Hoping I don't get too so, many splinters. So, I, as you hit the, the ground, so you, you can see that the, the, basically the, think of them as, um, sort of, uh, uh, it's a room basically. So it's yeah. a, it's a wooden square, uh, above the, the ramparts. And then when you get to the rampart, it's it's an enclosed area with an opening on either side, like left, to your left and right when you turn around, mm-hmm. and uh, you hear the battle is just raging in the in probably along some of the ramparts and definitely in the center. But they, the enemy must have entered through the front because they're not directly in front of you yeah. in this room. But a figure, a, sh- a shadowy figure, is running through uh, the door to your left and into the room that you're in. It doesn't look like they notice you and or care about you at all when they run through the, the opening. They might be, um, they, it's, you're not 100% sure if they're running to or from something. Uh, I'm going to wait until, I'm going to, I'm going to like, if they don't see me, I'm going to crouch down into like a shadow, wait for them to be just, just behind, or just wait till I'm just behind them, mm-hmm. catch them at their blind side, 
tackle them and then figure out if I have to figure out if this is an invader or an ally. Either Got way, it. I need them. Okay. Either way, I need them where I, in a position where I can talk to them. Okay. Got it. So I'm, I'm going to give you a challenge here. All right. Um, what, what you're the, the sort of situation you're dealing with is um, you, you get into a position, you're going to want to be kind of secretive or hiding um, as this person runs through another figure, larger, Uh, Mm -hmm. much, much more, uh, uh, like kind of slower moving, very stoic. Uh, but you're only seeing kind of a silhouette at this point, uh, from the torchlight from the outside, uh, takes a few steps in after. And, uh, you can tell now that the person who ran in, uh, is, is badly injured Mm -hmm. and they kind of collapse to the ground. Uh, you, the challenge is, is this, you remain hidden, or uh, try to overcome what's this, the situation going on, which is like this, this, and it, you don't know anybody that's part of the watch that's as large as this person standing yeah. in this doorway. Well, then in that moment, the second I see the, I see the smaller figure collapse, I say, well, there goes my, there goes my confrontation plan. And I, I grab my hand axe. I, I ready my, I ready my shield and grab my hand axe. And I, I just, Bum rush them. The the one in the doorway. Yeah. Oh, excellent. Okay. So uh, th- this is a uh, we're gonna. Uh, it's the challenges that you're trying to overcome an opponent. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so you're gonna give me uh, something, uh, whatever skill you think is the most um, relevant to to overcoming this opponent. So uh, this system is very is very like kind of fluid in the sense that uh, players have a lot of interpretation over how an action plays out and mm-hmm. there isn't a single skill that's always the the one skill you're supposed to use for an action uh, there's many different ways to overcome an obstacle and, and you get to kind of choose how you think yours uh is going to look and once you know what that skill is also then uh, take a look at your story elements and if any of your story elements sort of fit this and would would you sort of phrase it like this like i'm going to use this approach which is the skill and I feel like my uh, blank is going to really be a factor in this. Yeah. And that helps me as the GM because GMs in this system do not roll against players. They just set a challenge level or di- sorry, a difficulty level for the challenge. And when players are giving uh, their uh, their story elements, it's the GM is using that as a cue to say, oh, I'm reducing this for you. Mm-hmm. So there, never is there a situation where one challenge is the same for everybody. Mm-hmm. You know, this, this challenge that you're about to face doesn't have a DL of, of 15 for everybody. It's, it's, it's always different depending on how you're approaching it, making it difficult or easier for yourself and what story elements you're using. Sure. So um, I think this oh, might and, and one, be... Oh, one more sorry. point, just really quick. You can see in the bottom right-hand corner of your character sheet, or here we call them hero sheets because you're heroes. <laughs> um, your hero sheet, you have a box called Grit. Mm-hmm. Now what Grit is, is it's a resource that you could use on when you're rolling for an action to um, if you use two two grit you can reduce uh, the difficulty level by another one uh, one level um, and that's called surging mm-hmm. uh, and so you you basically you say like I'm gonna dig deep this is adrenaline or something and it, I'm gonna put everything I have into this mm-hmm. another thing that you can use grit for is to reduce your strain and in this system your strain level, uh, begins at zero and builds as as situations become more harsh, and so strain would look like. And we can talk about strain more actually if you if you sustain any. So we'll 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 deal with strain in a moment. But just mm-hmm. know that grit is a resource you can use. You gain more grit 
through through good like big successes mm-hmm. and you lose grit down to zero in which case you can't you can't use it again mm-hmm. all right so now now you've been equipped with <laughs> with yeah. way too much information i apologize no, it's fine i think this is an athletics thing i think that this is i think i'm using athletics to to overcome this because i think like i don't think it's necessarily melee because i think i'm more like hiding behind the shield and just like going for a knee and just kind of like using my momentum to, to kind of knock, to knock it on. It's like to knock whomever this is on their back or on their, or like knock their leg out from under them. Yep. Okay. Okay. And, and I think my, fo- I think my tendency to be focused would help with this. Like, I oh, think yeah, it, yeah. it's that yeah. I'm not, I'm just, I'm setting a point on the horizon and I'm just going. Awesome. So go ahead and give me a roll in, all right. in the system. All you need is a D20. I've rolled a 13. Awesome. Okay. So uh, you, in uh, with a 13 against this opponent, now because you, um, I won't go into the, all of the, the details of what I'm doing over here on my end <laughs> behind the GM screen, but uh, you, you've given me a couple pieces of information that really helped me understand what this challenge is to you. Mm-hmm. And in this case, uh, you're going to succeed. You, you, whatever it is that you were aiming for, you succeed at, but you, you do it at the cost of one point of strain. Okay. Uh, and strain is mental, physical, or emotional. So it doesn't have to, it's not, don't think of it as an injury. It's, it's strain builds until your threshold. And at that point, any strain received after that will cause an injury to one of your attributes. Mm-hmm. So in this case, you take one point of strain. So you just tick that up. Mm-hmm. You can, you can, as part of your, now, um, when, when we resolve this, so I, I explain to you as the GM, I say, you, know, you succeeded, you take one point of strain. Mm-hmm. Uh, what does it look like? And you get to go, <laughs> whatever, um, whatever it looks like to you. I think what happens is it's just a car crash, right? Like bodies collide, you know, we tumble, shield goes flying. We end up like on opposite sides of the room. They like knee me in the face. It's just a mess. We tumble around and up on opposite sides of the room, just in a heap. You you threw everything you had yeah. into that into that maneuver. Okay. So when when you um, when you when you come back to you can see uh, uh, also in this system like you you um you receive you you were able to overcome that challenge. And by narrating it, you've told me whether or not you're done with this person. Mm-hmm. Uh, being that you didn't explicitly say that, you know, they're gone. Uh, so it's a cue to me that you want to keep going. Sure. <laughs> you, you, you might you might want this person to be around for, for another scene or two. Um, but in, in this case, uh, the, the person is caught completely off guard, was way overconfident coming mm-hmm. in here. Uh, they must have inflicted a, a pretty bad wound on the person they were chasing. And uh, based on the sounds outside, you, you're still convinced that the enemy has the upper hand. You see that the person who he was chasing is on the ground in front of them. And uh, they, they slide a, a hand axe over to mm-hmm. you because uh, we'll say that in this little, when you, when you kind of collapsed into that corner, um, I'm going to say that you maybe dropped your axe or maybe yeah maybe didn't drop it but they, they're trying to help yeah, you. yeah yeah and i'll grab the axe and like flick it into my hands climb to my feet dust myself off and then like i don't think i think my shield is kind of at my feet you mm-hmm. know what i think it is i don't even think i i dropped my axe I, I don't think i had it out because i was kind of behind my shield in like a shield rush Oh, so yeah, I think I yeah. pull out my other hand axe and I'm like twirling both hand axes in my hand. Oh, nice. Okay. And we'll say that the, the, the larger person, you could tell they're a warrior. Mm-hmm. They, they leap to their feet. 
um, snarling, um, maybe more than a warrior. Maybe they're a berserker. Mm-hmm. You're not entirely sure. Um, but the uh, once they're to their feet, uh, they draw a short uh, a short blade uh, from their belt because uh, they they didn't bother mm-hmm. to try to find their other weapons, and they're in a position to fight now. This person uh, is going to be faster than anticipated and, and is coming at you. So uh, we'll we'll say the challenge here is that this person is is trying to uh, to take mm-hmm. you out. And I think so. Your your action. I think my action is their knee is their weak point. Like I've 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 cracked this right. Like I've knocked them down. Mm-hmm. I know that the bigger they are, the harder they fall. So if they're going to run at me. I'm going to drop down and try to bury the axes in their legs to just fully like keep them keep them from getting up as best I can. Okay, so go ahead and give me a roll, whatever you think is again the most uh, uh, fitting for for yeah, this. Yeah, I'll call that a I'll call that a melee, and okay. I'm, I'm rolling a d20 and adding the skill the skill listed. Correct. 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 And uh, um, you have the you have the the ability to surge if you wanted to for two grip, but you don't you don't have. Yeah, to. I'm gonna surge. I'm gonna sur- I'm definitely gonna surge. I think, and then because I don't think any of my uh, I don't think any of my story aspects necessarily help me here. Okay. So I'm gonna surge, and then I've got an eight total. Okay. So you rolled and got yeah. an eight total. Sorry. Yeah, I got an eight total. Okay, cool. So this uh, this is a failure, okay. and uh, so you're going to take two points of All strain. Right. Um, but you get to describe it. It's still again, it's not like it's not like you take damage to your hit points and things like that. It's it's uh, so you whatever you were trying to do, which in this case was was uh, instead of like kind of defending mm-hmm. and trying to evade the attack, you you went you went mm-hmm. against them. Um, but it, it isn't going uh, as well as you'd hoped. So uh, there's an exchange, obviously, that happens here. And then we'll we'll uh, we'll do one more. But with the, the person that slid you, mm-hmm. the axe is going to be playing a factor and into it. So what does it look I like? I think I, I drop down and I, I get ready to swing the axes and they grab me by like the throat and the shoulder and they pick me up and just choke slam me to the to the ground like big just one big slam right on my back, right on the shield. And I'm just like, I just am like reeling, right? It was just like, I I thought I was going to outmaneuver them and they just said, no, slam you into hell. (laughs) Oh, this giant shadowy (laughs) Viking Mm -hmm. is a choke slams you in the center Mm -hmm. of the ring. Um, And uh, as you, as, as you slam into the ground, you, you, their hand doesn't leave your throat. And so they're crouched over a little bit because you can tell they're going to try to finish mm-hmm. this. Um, but the, uh, the the shadowy figure that uh, slid you the axe leaps up onto the this berserker's back and is pulling and grabbing and, and wriggling and trying to be as menacing as possible. Um, and uh, so uh, now it's it's uh, anything that you'd like to do. And I think if they've got someone on their back, uh, I'm going to... With their hand on my throat, try and just like, I've got this spare hand axe. Their chest is wide open because they're trying to pull somebody off of their back. And I'm just going to ready back and throw that hand axe as hard as I can square at the middle of their chest to really just like put them down for good. Love it. Go ahead and, uh, All and right. roll. This is going to be, I'm going to call this, uh, I think I'm going to call this ranged. 
okay. as I am throwing this axe. There's a there's a thrown skill too if you wanted to use that. Yeah, one. that makes sense. Let's do that. <laughs> the uh, the the broke up the um, the combat skills to really mm-hmm. let people kind of be precise about what types they want to specialize in. Yeah, I think I'm gonna go thrown. I think my tracker skill would. I think my tracker path probably helps me with this. Like I'm probably. Oh yeah. You know, this is a hunt. This is this is this is me relying on instinct, both because like you know I'm oxygen is at a premium right now but also like i've definitely thrown an axe at something before and caught it like in a moment of desperation smaller targets and at far exactly you this is you this you can do this that's a 20 that is a nat 20 baby so that is a 22 wow so you you got a natural 20 cool uh what's your total the, the total with your skill bonus uh 22 awesome okay so that's really good because um, in in uh, in this uh, you know we to preserve the wonder of a critical mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, sure. you always want you if you're going to roll a d20 and you're not going to have a critical I mean what's the point come on um, and so in this case what it is is there are uh, there are things that the the GM deals with that are like complications on top of the scene and and uh, uh, a critical means two things one what you're about to narrate in this outcome should be uh, far more epic. We call mm-hmm. them epic outcomes. So um, keep that in mind. And then the other thing is a complication that I had looming is no longer looming. <laughs> no. So in this case, you succeeded by three levels, uh, mm-hmm. which is fantastic. You're going to, um, you gain two grit. All right. And you take out your opponent. Or, sorry, uh, I never like to do that. You, you you never have to kill anyone. You overcome mm, the challenge. Sure. <laughs> this sure. is sort of the the knocking a chandelier on the opponent to trap them kind of thing. You could do anything I, you want. I think that I think this axe is going into this person's chest. Is the thing. Yeah. And it is just you know I let I let it go. It bury it perfectly finds its mark, and they kind of stumble back. Uh, they stumble back. The person that's on their back locks them, like, you know, wraps their arms around their throat. And they just, you watch the life just fade from their eyes as they fall forward onto the axe, burying it even deeper. <sighs> and I kick the shield into my hand and I draw my spear out. I pull my spear out with the other hand from my back. And I'm just like, and I crack my neck like one way and I crack it the other way. And I'm just like, it's time to go back to battle. Oh, so good. <laughs> so good. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, the, the, uh, this, a warrior on his back who's, who's wounded but gave it his all, um, you look up and it's, it's uh, Carvin. And uh, Carvin has a, uh, your, your childhood friend who's been your recent bully. Um, he has a, a kind of a gash, a pretty nasty wound across his face, uh, and then a wound on his side that is uh, not entirely visible, um, but, but you know that there's, there's something there. And um, unarmed, uh, Carvin uh, kind of struggles to his feet, and he says, uh, "He says we're lost. Nothing is lost. Nothing is ever lost. Didn't they teach you that in school?" And I kick over. I kick this. I kick the the behemoth over. I kick them onto their back. I pull out the axe. Like, or I, I don't even pull out the axe. I kind of like kick the handle of it so that it like dislodges and it kind of tumbles over towards Carbon. 
and I say, tear off some of this cloth. You're going to patch up this wound. You're going to, you're going to be fine. We're all going to be fine. You're going to continue this fight. I'm going to go light this pyre. Is that understood? He leans against, uh, he, he picks up, picks up the, or he leans against the wall behind him and slumps to the ground to where his hand could be closer to the ax because it was less taxing for him to do it that way than to bend forward. Um, he, he looks up at you, just, just fingering the handle of the ax, looks up at you and he says, I, I, I cannot, I cannot make this. I can't make it. You, just leave, you, leave me. And I, I, I scoff and I'm like, Typical, like typical. Every time I make a suggestion, and I bend down and I tear some, like I tear some of uh, any clothing that this uh, this fight this warrior was wearing. Like I tear some of it to try and I'm ba- I'm gonna try and f- like may use my survival skill to make a makeshift like tourniquet or like bandages to Perfect. basically patch up Carvin as best I can. Yeah, as quickly so you've got, as I can. Yeah, you've got a challenge here and. Um, you can survival is the perfect perfect. Mm-hmm. I love that idea. And there's a, uh, a, a little shield next to your total mm-hmm. that's that's shaded in there, uh, mm-hmm. indicating that you have a specialization in that. Uh, which basically just you you come come up with that when you're creating your character is why you mm-hmm. have it, whether it's experiences or more education or things like that. But uh, that allows you to roll twice and take the higher roll. All right. And I think that again, my I think my nature I think my nature quality here is probably helpful, right? Totally. I know how to patch. I know how to patch things up. That's a, that is a fifteen plus five is twenty total. Awesome. Well, you you gain another grit. All right. And this goes exactly as you'd like. Yeah. Even I, uh, though you have I, a I, patient who's a little bit <laughs> a little bit unruly. <laughs> I very. It's like. It's like a, a montage of a bunch of like quick shots of like the fabric gets torn. It's wrapped up like a cast. I slap Carvin across the face a little bit. I'm like, quit <laughs> talking about how you're not going to make it. Come on. You are a soldier. You more than that. You are a leader. So get out there and lead and keep, keep these invaders, whoever they are, keep them busy until I can light the pyre. Is that understood? Yeah. He, he nods his head uh, hesitantly, but uh, he says, Torvi, I'm sorry. Apologies can come later. Let me do what I'm good at, and get and mo- and get from one place to the next. Then we can have okay. time so for he, apologies. He, um... Oh, sorry. Get out there and do your thing. He he gestures uh, towards uh, towards the the door to the right uh, that he was trying to run to run through, um, and uh, he says the the enemy is lighter on on that side. You might be able to get out. Then that's where we go. All right. So are you, just a question for you, are you taking him with you or are you letting him stay in the outpost to deal with the enemy? I'm letting him stay because he is a leader and these people respect him. Mm -hmm. And so I, and plus I move better by myself. I, I, you know, I'm not going to bring somebody who's not a tracker along. They're going to, they're going to slow me down. Gotcha. Okay. So, so uh, uh, as you head out, uh, is there anything that you want to do? Uh, to prepare before, or are you are you just you're you're already set. You have what you need. I'm already set. I've got my hand axe. I've got my spear. I've got my shield. I'm by myself. I am in my element as best I can be. I think the thing that I want to do is get out as get out with as little people noticing me as possible. Mm-hmm. Because 
I actually, I think what happens is Torvi gets to the door and starts to like crouch down and then says, hold, got a better idea. And she's going to sneak to the edge of the outpost. So I said one more time, broke up a little bit. I think she gets to the edge and then like crouches down and says, wait, I think I have a better idea. And she's going to sneak to the edge of the outpost as quickly as she can, as stealthily as she can. Okay. Then when she gets to the edge of the outpost, right? Like when she gets to, when she gets to where she can make like a hard run out of the outpost towards the pyre, that's when she's going to start, start a fire, make some, get their attention and try to like get them to give chase Mm -hmm. because they can't catch me in the woods. No one can. Oh, cool. So you're going to try to thin, thin out the numbers in the outpost battle. Oh, that's cool. I like that. They can't catch me. I'm the best. I'm the best tracker our clan has ever seen. They will not, they will not get close to me before I get to that pyre. Beautiful. Um, So, so, I, I'm I just, I would say, I don't think I need a stealth roll from you. Yeah. I think what it would be more is, is like, I don't know, maybe survival, something like that. Because if you're, if your goal is to start some, start a fire, I would say that to a normal, a normal person, mm-hmm. <laughs> a non-tracker who's skilled at nature and deals with this type of thing would find it difficult to light anything mm-hmm. in this weather and yeah. this, in this cold and this, you know, damp uh, place, but you, you know, you know mm-hmm. how to do this stuff. So maybe, maybe a role for that. Yeah. Uh, and then we'll get, we'll get a, a good scene of, of, uh, of you heading into the woods. Yeah. And, uh, I, I think, so I think that survival go is good because I think like, I'm not just trying to start a fire. I'm trying to start like what is obviously a fire that will catch their attention and something that will illuminate me, but also kind of send me into the shadows where they're like, Hey, where did she go? Right? Like I want to, get their attention and then immediately disappear into the shadows. And I think that survival would be good for knowing how to make that exact kind of like signal flare. Got it. Okay. That's cool. And are you, are you in, in the, the outpost tower that you're in now, it's the most rear facing tower. Um, yes. This would be where the driest things would be yeah. found. If you want to start something here. Yeah. That seems like the right call. And so uh, I'm going to use survival. I'm going to use mm-hmm. my, my tracker path will definitely help me here. Uh, my first roll was a 10 and my second roll was a natural 20. <laughs> you love those. Okay. So uh, uh, chalk up uh, two more grit. All right. And I'm at my capacity. I, I've exceeded my capacity. So I'm going to spend a grit to drop my strain down by one. Okay, cool. Cool. I, I like that. Um, yeah. And, and uh, uh, so basically the, the, uh, with with uh, a twenty on this type of scene, and I was already going to have a narration in mind uh, <laughs> that for for this other part, I think this is going to be wonderful for us to kind of narrate mm-hmm. out yeah, together. Yeah, yeah. So I think I think uh, why don't you give us the the how the fire goes up, and then pause when you leave this this small area. I think what it looks like is like the battle is raging, and then you know like boom. There was just a like an explosion of like hay and, and dried leaves that just like erupts like twigs and dried leaves and hay just like it erupts for a moment. And I am as as brightly lit as the midday sun standing standing there, oh. axe, axe in hand, spear in hand. And I just scream out, you want a target? You may as well. You may as well go for the best. And at that moment, the fire dies down a little bit. 
and like the the air kind of waves, you know, the heat wavers the air a little bit, and like a burst of smoke goes up, and I'm gone. Like I'm already off running. Oh, I love it. I love it. Towards the uh, so towards the pyre. So so as as the 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 smoke kind of goes down a little bit, and you you leap you leap over the wall heading out. We'll say that there were several several uh, warriors, uh, enemy warriors on the ramparts to your left that were coming towards you. Mm-hmm. The, the room you were in, not knowing you were there, just knowing that that's where one of their large berserkers went um, and hasn't come out of. Uh, as they're heading over there, they see this eruption and you standing there. They, they're the closest and witness it. Um, and they come running to the edge of the ramparts as you, as you leave, one of them swinging their axe just a, just a little too late and, uh, and turns to the other, to the, to the uh, outpost center and, uh, and, and yells, you know, we, we must stop them from getting to the, to the beacon. We must stop them now. And, and as the three of them are getting ready to jump over, uh, I'm, I'm going to build off of your epic success there and say that there were several barrels of uh, whale oil mm-hmm. in, in, the, in the outpost, in that part of the outpost that would be transported to the beacon, you know, in regularly mm-hmm. just make sure that you had the, the means, the fuel to light a, a pyre yeah. like that. And when that catches, an explosion happens again, and they, these three go flying. And the as you head into the woods, anyone who'd be watching you sees uh, this large uh, light, causes it to look almost like almost like you you peel mm-hmm. the shadow. Your shadow peels, and it's like one tracker heading into the woods becomes twenty mm-hmm. in different directions. Yeah, I love that. And you, like a shadowy, uh, you know, superhero who can turn into multiple mm-hmm. images of themselves. I love it. You're gone. That's fantastic. Cool. Um, oh, I love I love that. I love that. Well, we can we can cut for a moment. Mm-hmm. And uh, we'll pick up in the woods. We'll say that um, you know that you're. This could be a couple minutes yeah. later. You know you're being chased, but you're you're pretty confident that you're not. Um, you're that they're not directly on your on your set. Yeah. And and, and uh, so you're 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 in the woods. And I think I think one just the challenge is this: Can you um, get your way to the to the um, to the beacon? But it, in a in a way that that is uh, um, how I put it. Uh, what's the best way to the beacon mm-hmm. so that you could light it as quickly as possible? Because um, you don't know if there are enemies that already made it there. Yeah, I'm gonna say this is awareness. I think for okay. me this is I think because I think for the challenge for Torby is using her skill and like knowing the area and knowing like how to navigate, which I wouldn't even know is survival so much as just being able to like pick up on details in the dark and being able to kind of like reason those out. Cool. Uh, I think nature, I think nature and tracker probably help with this. Okay. And then I'm going to roll. So it's five plus eight is 14. Cool. Yeah, de- definitely. So that's a, that's a straight success. Uh, uh, no, no mm-hmm. strain. And uh, so what, uh, what, what does it look like? And, and you have, uh, you have pretty much free reign on, on narrating outcomes mm-hmm. as a player. Uh, the, the GM really only, only will involve themselves in sort of helping a player understand yeah. what the outcome means, but this is, this is a shared sure. story. So what, what, what does it look uh, like? I think it looks like it's dark. Like it is pitch black, right? Especially because a fire just lit up and then it went out again. So it's pitch black. Nobody's eyes are adjusted to the dark, which is helped to Torby's advantage because they've had to reorient themselves. Oh no, there's a bright fire. Now it's dark again. 
but the thing is Torvi is also kind of navigating off of instinct and is like kind of just like going she the thing is she I don't think she knows the fully the path to get to the to get to the beacon. I think she has to take it like one step at a time, right? Like I know mm-hmm. it's I know it's to I know the direction that I'm going, but I have to go a few feet. And so we we see her like go a few feet and then there's a rock slide, like there's some logs and she's got to like catch herself and she can she knows to like wait a second to jump into some branches and like climb along that way and then maybe some of the some of the the people pursuing her chase after and they like fall down that rock slide <laughs> totally. and it's like a lot of that it's a lot of her being a her like step by step not knowing that there's probably better or safer paths to go on but it's a mm-hmm. lot of like well if i go this way and i like jump these rocks in this order i can get across this tiny little river or i can get across this tiny little ravine and then that will give me and it's it's a lot of that it's a lot of feeling things out and sort of taking a roundabout mm-hmm. path oh awesome so it's a be- beautiful montage of 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 torvi uh uh making it over obstacles finding finding maybe even finding some obstacles of her own that she can set for anyone pursuing mm-hmm. her and then just the camera just picks up <laughs> these these uh uh vikings bumbling in the dark <laughs> yep <laughs> obviously not trackers yep perfect Okay. Uh, I'm going to say that at the, as you get to a certain point, you, you know, you're close, you're close now to, to the clearing where the beacon is on the side of the, on the side of this, um, uh, cliffside. Yep. You also know that the road, because there is a road that you, 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 your, your clan ages ago Mm -hmm. cleared out so that it'd be easier to get that wood to the pyre and people back and forth. You just chose the the most direct route that um, there, there, you assume someone is on that road trying to get to the beacon faster Mm -hmm. than, than you could have now, because you had to get through all of these different obstacles, your, your speed wasn't as, as quick as you wanted to be, but, but you're, you're you're hoping you can get there before yeah. these warriors. Yeah. Okay. Um, you also know that uh, there are uh, several several of the outpost of the watch uh, part of your clan would have to be at the uh, uh, um, mm-hmm. at the beacon. The and and the, they they protect it. They keep you know if there's any whatever that's their job. Um, but you also know that that's kind of the laziest <laughs> the laziest mm-hmm. job to have because nothing has happened and it's middle of winter and so you're not confident that those people would be uh yeah uh, ready for anything so i th- okay so sorry go ahead. oh i was gonna say so you, f- you find yourself in a spot where you're like okay i, I need to move quick i'm not sure what we're about what i'm about to be up against and i'm not sure what i'm about mm-hmm. to find with the the my clan members so I think I'm not going to try and rely on my clan members. I don't think I think I can maybe okay. motivate them once the beacon is lit, but I think I'm going to have to take this on my own. I don't mm-hmm. think I can rush it directly because if I rush it directly, that's no better than just relying on my clan me- on the clan members here to protect me. I think what I've got to do mm-hmm. is approach it is do what I've done so far, approach it, in secret, approach it from behind in secret, try to get to where I can light it, and then once it's lit, rally everyone around me to get ready for battle. 
Awesome. Okay, so you've you uh, when you make it through to the to a small part of the clearing where you can actually see through. Um, we'll say okay. I like I like that. We'll we'll say that you don't see any of All your right. fellow clan members, which is not uncommon because they tend to. Uh, uh, you know, wander off at times yeah, or fall asleep sure. in places that no one will see them. And, you know, it's just, you don't see any of them. You see the pyre. And as you kind of glance around, you know that the pyre always has to have these small, like almost little barrels mm-hmm. or kegs of, of whale oil that would be crashed against it. And then lit with right. a torch. Um, the torches are there. There's like five torches that are lit and all usually kept kept lit. And there's a small fire burning uh, that, are, that the torches are around, but uh, it's on the other side of the clearing. You also hear that uh, warriors are coming. And I don't see. Do I see the barrels of whale oil? Are they are they around? Uh, I, you know what? I'm going to say you don't okay. see them. Well, then I'm just going to have to make a run for that fire, grab a torch, and see what I can do about getting this beacon. So I think it is just same as with the same as with the, the Berserker's knee earlier. I'm just putting it, I'm putting my shield up, my head down, setting a point on the horizon, and just knocking, you know, running, running any obstacles be damned. Awesome. Okay, so because you chose mm-hmm. to just go, uh, you're okay. going to get there first. You, you make it to where the torches are. You uh, uh, you hear uh, warriors. You, you haven't glanced back to check, but you hear that people are on, in pursuit of you, but they're staggered. Mm-hmm. You have um, you have a torch in hand. Is your, is your yeah. shield on your back? Yeah, I got it no, in front of me. Front so of I kind of, once kind I get there, I stash it on my back and grab a torch. Sweet. Okay, cool. Yeah, you just throw, throw it around. Yep. The strap catches, and you, you have the torch in hand, and you're heading towards the beacon. Yeah. Okay, so when you get there, we'll we'll say that the torch. You can tell there's no you can't see any barrels around you that have this this whale oil in it. But when the torch hits, you you can tell that whoever was doing their job wasn't right. doing their job, or whoever had the job wasn't doing their job. And the uh, the furs and pelts that are kept over mm-hmm. the pyre seem to have blown away, and it's very mm-hmm. moist. And the torch just doesn't, it, you, you hit it against a couple areas, it's just not, it's not catching, and you know that if you don't turn now, uh, you'll be overtaken. Yeah, alright, I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna throw the torch down, grab my, grab my spear at the ready, ready my spear and shield, and faith turn and be ready for battle. Awesome. So you can tell that there's a large group, like maybe, maybe like 10 warriors with shields that are, that are on the road facing you, but only uh, we'll say only three were fast enough to give person like they three left that group uh, Mm -hmm. to pursue you. Uh, One of the things in, in uh, you know, and again, this is for anybody's game. They can do any, any way they want. But one of the things that, that uh, I always play with is like Vikings and their, their tactics Mm -hmm. with the shield wall and how, how, uh, just devastating they were with that tactic. So they like to group together yeah. when they can, but in this case they were chasing one person. So three of them left what would become a shield wall uh, and and are pursuing you. So I'm going to put this as you're going to need, uh, because you're sort of like a cornered mm-hmm. wolf right now, I'm going to say you need two successes to overcome the okay. three warriors coming at you. 
So whatever skill you think, I mean, it could it could be melee, it could be um, you know, it could, it could be anything depending on how yeah. you're approaching the situation, and then figure out whichever of your um, your story aspects might come into this, and you can also search. Yeah, I can. Uh, I think what I'm going to do is I think I I think I I've got the spear, and I think I'm going to just like run, jump up, and kind of like slam the spear down at one of them. I'm gonna go for a melee a melee roll, and I think that my uh, I am gonna I'm definitely gonna surge. So I'm gonna spend two grit to surge, and uh, okay. I would say this is this definitely feels like it's gonna opportunity to regain my honor. Like I am I am going to light this beacon and save and save my clan. And if they don't honor me now, oh, I was hoping they don't honor my clan one. now. <laughs> they don't honor it's me so now. Good. Like to hell with them. So I'm gonna. I'm right, definitely right, invoking exactly, that. Exactly. And okay. So that's awesome. You lowered the the challenge or the difficulty level of the challenge by two yes. uh, two levels, which means uh, let's let's All see right. what your what your roll is. That is a nine. That is a twelve. Good. Okay. So you have a with, it's Great. a straight success. So you 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 have three enemies running at you. The first one does not expect you mm-hmm. to turn in time. Like they're they're thinking they have a, a clean shot at your back. They are not prepared for you to turn, which is why yeah. I didn't make them a, a, a another success needed. Um, but in this case, you um, you get two mm-hmm. successes. You take no strain. So how does this uh, look? Three staggered opponents uh, charging. I I turn. I think I turn. Uh, I'm going to add a detail that I turn and just immediately like. Oh yeah, uh, um, I turn and immediately like swing the torch and kind of like let it go, and it flies and like catches one of them. Right, like the first one is caught with a torch. Awesome. And I think I think they just straight go up. Right, like they're they're they catch and then I get and then the spear in hand, uh, and then I then I pull out my spear and I run and I dive it. I plunge it through the second. And then, like, as I spin out, like, I twirl my hand axe in my hand, and I stare down the third, and we circle each other for a moment, and, like, I flinch, or I, like, tense like I'm about to strike, and I think that the third, like, drops shield and backs, and, like, runs. So good. <laughs> so good. So, as the one's running, we'll say, uh, if I can add yeah. a, a small detail, you... You hit one with the with the with the um, the torch first. Mm-hmm. Uh, you threw it, correct? Yeah. Oh, awesome. Okay, so you threw the torch, hits them, they fall down. Uh, they you hear a break, but you just keep going past. Mm-hmm. You hear you hear a, uh, something breaks. Uh, sounds like wood, mm-hmm. and uh, you continue your 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 fight. And uh, now Torvi finds herself facing a shield wall. One one enemy is running. <laughs> uh, if they win this, if they win the mm-hmm. day, this person is not living this down this yeah. moment. <laughs> but they are running; uh, they run behind their shield wall, and about ten shields overlap. And a large, the large person behind them yells, uh, yells "Shield wall!" and advance. And they start taking short steps towards you. Shields overlapping. They know they could overtake one person, but they're mm-hmm. not. They're not risking it after what they just saw. They know that they can press you up against this pyre, and then they can start disassembling it as best. Mm-hmm taxing as that might be but behind you uh you you you're you're standing there in front of them and and behind you and so uh i want to paint this scene yeah you have this pyre of wood Mm -hmm. then you have you Mm -hmm. and then you have this advancing shield wall you're facing the shield wall 
And all of a sudden you see your shadow grow really long in front of you because a big light is happening behind you. Yep. Uh, not the pyre, but a huge light. And as you turn over your shoulder, uh, you see that the poor, poor warrior that you hit with the torch collapsed and found one of those hidden barrels of whale fat and is covered in this oil and is just, he ignites, but he's standing in between you and the pyre. And so you have this approaching shield wall, Torvi, flaming warrior and the, and the beacon, the, the pyre. And I think what Torvi does is sees this and like, kind of like sees her shadow turns around, sees the, the, the warrior on fire and just like, this is Sparta boot to the chest, <laughs> not like pushes back the warrior and is like, I needed something to light this pyre. This'll do. And like kicks as hard as she can to send this, this, to send her enemy back into the pyre to try and like light this thing for good or well and oh, proper. I, I don't even want to make you roll. I, I love that too much. I, th- I think I think that uh, I think that when when you kick them and they go into the pyre and, and everything lights at that moment, we can have one of those sweeping scenes mm-hmm. of of the the camera looking at the at, at Torvi pulling back from this this clearing as the pyre lights and lights up the entire clearing, uh, including the 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 warriors in front of you. They're they're checked at that moment because this is the thing that they were trying to avoid. They had one mission. Mm-hmm. And you can see their faces that they failed it. And Torvi will say is close closer to the edge of this cliff overlooking the river. And as the pyre lights, it lights up the river. Mm-hmm. And you can see shadowy ships slowly and just silently creeping towards your settlement. But the hillsides start to light up. Beacon, another beacon. And the settlement itself which is just blackness in the distance becomes small flickers of light from torches. And you know, in that moment that your clan, a strong clan is going to be able to repel whatever's coming at them now that they've been notified. All right. So it's up to you. Do you, do you want to, do you want to, to, to play this out or do you want that to, to be where, where the scene ends? I think that. I think that might be where the scene ends, and I think that I might have the closing shot in mind, unless you have more stuff that you want to play with. Not at all. I want. I want. This is yours. Yeah. I, I, I got. I got the. I got to see you. You Sparta kick mm-hmm. a, a warrior who is on fire into the pyre. So I'm fine. Yeah. So I think what happens at the very. I think the last shot is like. We see the the pyres light up. We see the beacons light up one by one, and the shield wall continues to encroach. And Torvi, like, drops her shield and smiles and looks out. And, like, it pans over. The camera kind of, like, spins and pans over all of these these beacons and comes to rest on this little door of this, like, a little door, a little tent. And there are, and, like, there are two women inside knitting and reading. And Torvi, like, throws open the door and it's just bruised and cut up but alive and walks in and just oh, says I'm home and that's game oh that's beautiful and that's game that's game that's beautiful fantastic I, I, loved I loved it, it. that was awesome
<laughs> oh, I, I, I love, I love how you, how you brought that montage mm-hmm. to life in the woods. <laughs> it totally embracing your tracker yep. path. That was good. That was really, I love that game. That, that was, was a lot cool. of fun. Tim, thank you so much for coming on Party of One. This was a lot of fun. Hey, thank you. It was, I, I, I loved playing with you. This was this fantastic. Was awesome. I, I can't tell you how cool it is to, to be playing a game with you on this show after having listened to your show for so that long. That really does. That means a lot. So thank you. I really, really means a lot. So real quick, before we wrap up, where can people find you, your work, and the Kickstarter for North Sea Epilogues online? Oh, well, you can you can find uh, Kristen and, and me are uh, diceupgames.com. And that's where we're putting, you know, most of our stuff. You can find us on Twitter or on Facebook at Dice Up Games. And uh, you can also look for the hashtag North Sea Epilogues. Uh, GarfieldGames.com is the publisher. And uh, the, oh, you can find us on Kickstarter. But really, if you if you look at us on our website, we'll have all the directions pointing you where you're supposed to go. Um, and if you want to find me on Twitter, just just me. It's a GM Tim D. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, otherwise, you can find uh, I've been I've been on several uh, actual play podcasts that I've really enjoyed uh, pretty regularly. Par- uh, Roll to play um, with uh, the GM uh, Kent Blue and uh, Victory Condition Gaming Doug uh, Shoot. And uh, yeah, I think I think that's pretty much it. Uh, I, I would want to say that you know we're really excited about the people that we're working with on this uh, North Sea project. Um, we have a couple adventure prompts that have been written. Uh, Doug Levitowski of uh, one of the designers of Kids on Bikes, uh, Banana Chan uh, uh, of uh, Game and mm-hmm. Curry, Toby Abad. Um, and uh, we have uh, Epidiah Ravishal. That's a that's a good group. So, that's a good that's a good gang right there. <laughs> yeah, and then uh, I'm you know depending on on what you see on the Kickstarter, we haven't fully settled on on uh, the stretch goals, but there will likely be be more contributors that as a stretch goal um, as as stretch goal additions. That's pretty great. Well, that I'm really excited about that. I can't wait to check it out, Tim. Yeah, thank you. Thank so much. you. Thank you for coming on the show. This was a blast. And now I'm going to throw it over to me in the future so that he can wrap up with the show. Take it, future me. Thanks, past me. And thanks again to Tim for coming on to the show. That game was really, really fun. Be sure to check the show notes below for a link to the North Sea Epilogues Kickstarter. I think it's a great game. I think it's well worth your time and support, and I think you're really going to enjoy it. Also, be sure to follow Tim on Twitter at GMTimD. Then while you're on Twitter, follow us at Party of One Pod. Then slide over to Facebook and like the show at Facebook.com slash Party of One Podcast. Join our Discord community at bit.ly slash partyofonediscord. Talk to us about professional wrestling, the show, role-playing games, whatever you want to talk about. Really, whatever. I'm fine. I'm around. If you really enjoy the show, consider leaving us a nice iTunes review, a social media shout-out, or a word-of-mouth recommendation to a friend. Any of those things helps new listeners find the show, which helps us do bigger, better, and cooler things. You can also consider backing our Patreon at patreon.com slash partyofonepodcast. Patreon backers get access to bonus materials, mini-podcasts, and interviews, And Patreon dollars help pay for equipment fees, hosting costs, con appearances, all that kind of stuff. That's patreon.com slash partyofonepodcast. If you listen to the show and you thought, God, I wish I just had another 45 minutes a week to hang out with Jeff, boy, have I got the show for you. All My Fantasy Children is a character creation, storytelling, and world-building podcast powered by you. Every week, my best friend Aaron Catanosias and I take a listener prompt, spin it into a fantasy character, and populate a shared universe one story at a time. New episodes drop every Friday at allmyfantasychildren.com. Party of One is produced and edited, as always, by Jeff Stormer and Jen Frank. All music for the show comes from the song Infinite Lives by Megaran, featuring the D&D sl- 
Interested in coming on to the show? Whether you are a podcaster, a game designer, a professional wrestler, a writer, actor, comedian, musician, film critic, kaiju, financial guru, or you just love a good role-playing game, you can email me at partyofonepodcast at gmail.com. And that's it for me. Until next time, thank you so much for listening. Remember to fight the forces of fascism every single day. Remember that self-love and self-care are radical and defiant acts of resistance. And as always, party on, everybody.